This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What is up? How we doing? How we live in Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese right here on Talking Football coming to you live. Plenty to talk about here in the NFL. We're going to go around the laces. Tree Sivia and who am I? Who are you talking about, Trees? A uh, lot of news with the 49ers. Tom Brady just can't stay out of the news in a good way, though. I think this is how he wants it. A lot of free agency talk to go about. Where are people going to land? And speaking of that, we're going to go over the NFC North free agency. Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings. Where are the best free agents going to fit within those teams? And who should they go after? Trees, let's get on into this, man. Let's go on with some Trisivia. All right. Uh, before we start that, uh, thank you for everybody that tuned in to Mike Up this weekend. We had a great time, so we very much appreciate that. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as us. And uh, we hope to be back on it sooner rather than later. So we'll see how that goes. But for Trisivia, Austin, I bet you don't have a pen and paper. You really should just get one by your desk moving forward. But you uh, have a- Tree Sivia for you. Guess which one I have and which one I don't have. You have a pen, but you don't have paper. That was too easy for you. Yep. Right oh. here. <laughs> Stole <laughs> from the waitress Friday night. Ordered shitty food. She had a nice pen when I paid for it. I said, I'm going to keep the food. I mean, you can keep the food, and I'm going to take the pen. And that's what I did. All right. Friday. Well, the good news is you have a computer, and you can type this information in. Yes, sir. In the first four seasons of these two quarterback careers, I'm going to give you their stats, and you're going to guess who they are. Uh, Quarterback A had a uh, win-loss record of 40 and 24, passing yards 15,778. He had 98 touchdown passes. And 36 interceptions, and a passer rating of 97. Quarterback B had a 34 and 12 win-loss record, 10,233 passing yards, 69 touchdowns and 38 interceptions, and a passer rating of 85.9. So the first question is, in the first four years, which quarterback would you take? And Austin is on mute, everybody. He's trying to talk to me right now, and he is on mute. You got to love it. I love how you snapped at me, and I still looked at you as I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so within the first four years, I mean, I think it's pretty evident to take quarterback A, 40 wins, 24 losses. More passing yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions, and a better quarterback rating. Okay. 
So, good to know there. Your only hint is both of these quarterbacks still play in the NFL. Okay. Uh, so this is within the first four years of their career. This isn't within the last four years. No, it is their first four years in their career. Okay. Um, so quarterback A, since they have more games underneath their belt, I'm going to assume that they're that they went deep into the playoffs. Um. Because they have about what 12, 6, 18 more games. Yeah, so, I mean, you could think of it that way, or you could think of one player just didn't start the first couple games of their career. Um, but, yeah, but they did, player A did make it to the playoffs multiple times in their four, first four years, yes. Okay, is player A Tom Brady? Player A is not Tom Brady. Okay. 98 touchdowns for th- within the first four years, though. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Aaron, hmm. This is the four years of starting, Correct. It is the first four years of their career. Son of a bitch. So not Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford. No. You got to remember, Stafford missed a lot of time in his first couple of years. Very true. Uh, Russell Wilson. No. Damn it. Cam Newton. Try again. (laughs) Try again. Matt Ryan. Keep going. (laughs) Drew Brees. No. My freaking word. Okay. Um. They're still. They're both still playing. Okay. I'm running through divisions in my mind here. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger. No. He's neither of them. He is. He is neither of them. Correct. But. Do you want one more hint? Yeah. Uh, this is a guy we talk about a lot on this <laughs> on this podcast. Well, that really helps, man, because I we talk about everyone a lot. Uh, we talk football, so we talk about everybody. True. We talk about two quarterbacks a lot. This was the same thing I gave a couple episodes ago too. Dak. It is Dak Prescott. Good freaking god. <laughs> okay. Player B. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. <laughs> of course you are. Player B. Your hint is you have named this player already today. Russell Wilson. No. Matt Ryan. No. Tom Brady. Yes. Really? Player B is Tom Brady. What? How's that? Okay, so how does this work? Tom Brady literally took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. As higher seeds, they don't play in the playoffs as much. He didn't play games early in his career. Remember, wow. he did not wow. start at the start of his career. But I was very shocked on the 69 touchdown passes and 38 interceptions that early in his career. Yeah, for real. Well, I mean, even with Dak, though, like 36 and 98 touchdowns, pretty, bottom line, it's just pay the man. Pay the man. That's what we're getting at. We are guys that believe in Dak Prescott. Show me the money, baby. Yep. And speaking of Dak, uh, reports came out earlier in the week that he might prefer a short-term deal so he can hit free agency once more once he's 29, 30 years old. Pretty good idea, but within that shorter year, are you still wanting the same amount of money? Similar to what, a Kirk Cousins type deal? Uh, Possibly, you'd think so. You'd think that he would want top dollar, probably fully guaranteed money for sure. 
I mean, I wouldn't know why he would expect anything or want anything less than that. Right? Hmm. Well, very true. So, 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's looking at a three-year deal then. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what Kirk Cousins got, right? Yep. Three-year, $88 million or something like that? You're fully guaranteed. So, <laughs> Dax won 35. I mean, you do that quick math. What is that? $110, $120 million guaranteed? For three years, doubt that happens, but something to think about. It is very Can much. Can you imagine getting a hundred million dollars within three freaking years at the age of 26? Yeah. Like, you know, by the time you're 30, you're going to get another hundred million dollar offer. It'd be ridiculous. Like if he takes him to a Super Bowl and somehow wins an MVP within that time. His next contract is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be the smartest thing he ever did if he took a three-year deal here. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, very smart of him. And who knows? Maybe players start doing that more often. I was actually thinking about that today, or sorry, yesterday, while I was in the shower, that I was like, (laughs) so during the CBA, like, obviously, uh, owners do not want to be doing fully guaranteed contracts. You wonder if players come back with a, okay, maybe not on four or five-year deals, but maybe year if it's only a three-year deal or less, everything is fully guaranteed. Or maybe only two-year deals are fully guaranteed. You would think that players would want three because that's long-term, right? Um, two is probably too short. It's just you know basically a franchise tag at that point. But like three-year deals, if players would be okay, if, okay, three-year deal means fully guaranteed – and then they just continue to – then they do multiple deals, more deals throughout their career basically. But they yeah. know they're fully guaranteed. <clears throat> because, I mean, really though, you look at it, the more you're a free agent, the more opportunity teams are going to be like, hey, big-time player hitting the market. Let's try and give them some extra cash here to entice them to come to our team. New CBA deal like you mentioned, we can offer more money, not as big a damage. These guys are still making – good God, that, that – we just say these number amounts sometimes like they're not that big of a deal and they're not that much. Like Sammy Watkins. Like, oh, he's going to make $16, 20000000 million this year. That would set me up for the rest of my life. Yeah. Fudge, dude. I don't know what I'd do with that much money. Nah, a lot of people don't. I mean, athletes don't know what to do with that money. Have you ever seen the 30 for 30 broke? That's why they don't know how to handle that money. Very true. Very true. I'd figure it out, though. Yeah, you would. I believe in myself. Uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, who you talking about. Who you talking about? All right. Uh, this one's pretty simple. It is I am the only player to lead the NFL in scrimmage yards in the Super Bowl era at my position. Okay, so Super Bowl era and lead the league in rushing yards. Scrimmage yards. Scrimmage yards. Um, Christian McCaffrey. No, because you got to think about it. At my position. So if you said Christian McCaffrey, he would be the only running back to ever lead the league in scrimmage yards, which you know is not accurate. Lamar Jackson. No. And straight scrimmage yards. I thought you said it was going to be easy. So is it going to be like an offensive lineman? It is a wide receiver. I'll give you that answer. 
agree. He is the only wide receiver to lead the league in scrimmage yards in the Super Bowl era. Okay. So scrimmage yards, this is receiving and rushing. Correct. Okay, so who's a wide receiver that runs the ball a ton and also catches it a ton within the 50, no, yeah, 54 league history of the Super Bowl era? Yeah, so much for being easy, man. That was, uh, yeah, pretty freaking simple. It's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. None of them. Terrell Owens. No. No. Odell Beckham Jr. Definitely not. Just going to throw out a homer. Tyreek Hill, no way. Tyreek Hill? No, it's not Tyreek Hill. Well, you just stopped moving that time. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Okay, so I'm assuming they did this last year then. They did not do this last year because Christian McCaffrey led the league in scrimmage yards last year. I don't know. I'm just going to go. It's Julio Jones. Oh, God bless a freaking America. <laughs> He's the how only do I not say? How do I not say Julio Jones? I, I list off six receivers, and I don't th- – I'm that's so disrespectful to Julio Jones, it's not even funny. I'm sorry, yeah. Julio. A, a dude that's had over 1,850 receiving yards in a season. And there's no reason to keep rubbing it in. Sorry about that. So, congrats, Julio Jones, the only wide receiver to lead the league in scrimmage yards in a season at the wide receiver position in the Super Bowl era. Congrats. Congrats, and I apologize for not guessing you sooner. Uh, Let's just go ahead and get into Around the Laces because there's plenty of us to kind of fly through here. Uh, The 49ers are interested in Tom Brady, a a New England Patriots insider, uh, comes out and says on NBC Boston – that he believes the Niners have true interest in Tom Brady. And if that is the case, do the 49ers, are they really interested in going after Brady again? Because that's kind of how the old deal with getting Jimmy Garoppolo turned out was they called about Tom Brady. They said no. And they're like, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? They said, oh, shit, are you serious? Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, I happen to know that that story is pretty much how that went down. So take it how you want. Wink, wink. Uh that is pretty much how that storyline goes. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is to be traded or dealt to a new team, he's going to be owed like $76 million within like the next couple of years of his contract, the way that's set up. I mean, there's just, just buku loads of money there. Uh, but the 49ers would only be, I think it was dead cap space, $4 million, which is just crazy to think that they'd be able to get out of the deal like that. Um, Trace, hopefully you're going to verify it. I did see this on Twitter from someone who's a 49ers fan, so it could be a skewed number there. So if you're able to verify it, that would be great. It is correct. So it is the dead hit this year is $4.2 million this season. And if not, if they have him, he's getting paid $26.6 million. So you literally would save $24.4 million by trading. I said seventy six, didn't I? Yeah, but that you said, but that's correct over the next three years. Mm-hmm. Because okay. it's 26.6, and then it's 26.9, then 27. That, I mean, base, yeah, that's like 20, yeah, 77 million. Okay. Which is just crazy to think about, that they, that they can move that much money and only have $4 million of it dead. That's why people come out and say the cap space is just like it's not real. 
It's not. The, the way you can move these numbers and skew them is you can be like, all right, we paid this guy a ton of money. He's not working out. We can get rid of this massive contract and not lose that much. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I'm going to just do it right now. I wrote an article on this a couple of weeks ago on the Jags specifically because they were supposed to be $9 million over. And now they've been trading and releasing people like crazy the last couple of days. And if they find a way to get somebody to take on that Nick Foles contract, they've opened up over $60 million in cap space in the last two weeks if they get a deal done with Foles. So anyways, we'll talk about it later. But for me with this, it makes no sense. Why on earth would you want Tom Brady at this point? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get it. And I like – you can go and say, hey, the Niners, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl and Jimmy G didn't do anything. Like all they needed was somebody to make a couple throws at the end of a game, which Sean Brady can do. Sure, but a lot of things lined up for the Niners this year. They are a very, very good team. I will not take that away from them. But, I mean, they got kind of extremely lucky the Saints lost early in the playoffs. They got kind of lucky that they won – or they beat the Seahawks in the final game of the season by a half a yard, and if they didn't, then they're not the one seed. They would have been the five seed. Like, there's a lot of things that just went their way that you can't just expect to continue to go your way. I mean, that's very, very true. And that's the beauty of the NFL, right? Like, that's the beauty of coming and playing this game and watching it is some things are going to fall your way and some aren't, and a lot of things did fall for the 49ers all the way up until the Super Bowl for, uh, honestly, majority of the game, too. But then when it came to the fourth quarter, it was like the Chiefs turned it up a notch or things really just kind of started falling their way. Uh, their blitzes were effective. Chris Jones became just a home wrecker. Uh, I mean, it felt like Jimmy G was going to make the right throws. But when Chris Jones blocks it down at the line of scrimmage where you're getting popped right in the mouth by Ben Neiman coming around on a stunt, like it's kind of hard to make the right throw in that situation. Are we really expecting Tom Brady to do the same thing? That, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, okay, Tom Brady's, let's say he makes one like one throw better than that, but then the next one's an interception. Are you happy with Tom Brady or are you still mad? Because if you remember correctly in the AFC Championship game last year, the Chiefs had sealed that game by getting an interception after a poorly thrown ball to Gronk in the flat, which Gronk did drop, and then it was intercepted. But with D Ford being offsides, that call gets made back, and then the 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 Patriots go and complete three straight third downs in overtime. Like that's the yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Totally. And even after the interception, the Chiefs they had to march all the way down the field and kick a field goal to tie it, and they did. I think a lot of people forget like how close that game truly was, and the 49ers getting the third down conversions within overtime helped them win that game. Yeah, but absolutely. let's say the Chiefs do get the interception in the AFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl then. How are we looking at the end of Gronk's career? Because yeah. then the Chiefs play the Rams. What are we talking about with Jared Goff's career? Does he go in and slice the Chiefs' defense up again? Could have, right? Like where, where the that Chiefs' defense was easily could have. Yep. And you're right. And Gronk's career. I mean, maybe Gronk doesn't retire at that point. Maybe Gronk just says, Hey, I need one more year. Like my body exactly. can hold for one more, one more time, you know? So yeah, but that just shows like how fast this game can change. And that's just everything falling your way. So if you're a 49ers fan and it's tough to just go, yeah, we're moving on from Jimmy G. 
It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it really doesn't. I feel like the, the chemistry's there. I think the team believes in Jimmy G. And it's very hard to move on from somebody that literally just took you to the Super Bowl. If you want to say he lied him there or not, he had a very good year. So maybe he just didn't do a lot in the playoffs. And wonder what? That's just because you're, their team just dominated everybody in the NFC in the playoffs. Like, they just kicked the shit out of everybody they played. So like, you don't need them to do that. Exactly. You didn't need him in those moments. You went with what worked. So, And I don't think it's Kyle Shanahan's fault either. I don't think he did anything wrong. Called the right plays. Chiefs just stopped it. They just stopped it, and and Garoppolo missed one throw, right? Like, one key throw. Like, that's yep. what it was. Like, he, like the play was there. They had him beat. Missed the throw. It happens. Better team one. I'll leave it at that. Uh, staying with the 49ers, though. Uh, Armstead and the 49ers, they clearly, excuse me, they clearly want him back, and they are in discussions of making a deal. Ne- Golly, excuse me with these freaking hiccups. Killing me right now, bro. Uh, they are in discussions right now on a contract. I think that's a smart decision. Looked like to be a huge impact. Not looked to be. He was a huge impact player for this defense and helped him out a lot this year. Um, it'd be nice to have him back as a 49er fan base and defensive coordinator. And just honestly moving back for your team. But, man, that's a lot of money to go to a defense alignment when you probably have more guys coming up that are going to need to be paid here in the next couple years. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that, like, at some point, maybe they only hold on to D Ford for one more year if they pay Armstead and just, like, have this one year where there's a lot of money there. But then it's like, okay, well, Buckner is going to get paid again. And then you're going to have Bosa in a couple of years. Like D Ford will be on his way out after next year. I would assume if, if they do move on to Armstead. So, um, but they need him like that combination of Bosa Buckner and Armstead, and then swapping out the fourth um, defensive lineman for whatever package they're in is just deadly. And it's, it's honestly what made them the number one seed in the NFC. So uh, they have to get it done, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on next to Frank Gore. Uh, looks like he might be considering retirement, or he will be playing for a new team next year, as him and Buffalo have decided, I guess, to, in a way, part ways. Or maybe it's just Frank Clark's not coming back to the Buffalo, however you want to word that, however you want to view it. He is not coming back. In my mind, just go retire. But if you do go play on another team, just guarantee yourself that it's a contender and go get yourself a ring uh, and just end your career that way. Whether you do it like Shady McCoy, where you're a healthy scratch majority of the year, which I doubt he's going to want to do because he still can be productive. Fuck, dude, go join the Chiefs on a veteran minimum deal and – Go make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm disappointed because I really like the combination of him and Singletary. I really yep. like that combo. And, I mean, that, that Bills team is going to be very good. So that's rough. But, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Like, go find a team that you think is going to make an impact at, um, in the playoffs and fight your way through it and just figure out what you need to do. Hell, maybe he feels like – Wanna know what? Maybe I could fit in at Tennessee. Maybe they do not bring back Deion Lewis, but they bring in, you know, they keep Derrick Henry and you're like, hey, maybe they're gonna want me to, you know, play a little bit more, keep Henry fresh throughout the year so he can make a deep run in the playoffs and do what he did this year. And so and you think that they they're gonna make a run. So maybe he goes to Tennessee. I don't know. There's a lot of options there. Uh, another one is uh, Laramie Tunsil fired his agent, uh, and he's expecting to be the number one or highest paid offensive tackle in the league. That's what he wants. 
not to be, I mean, that's not surprising news, right? Like that was actually one of the reasons why the Dolphins wanted to trade him was because he had said that he wanted to be the highest paid lineman. And so, uh, yeah, so we'll just see what he does there. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he hires, but I think he really will want to, uh, or he really will become the highest paid lineman. Like, I think there's no question about it. He is elite. I would agree with that. My only question here with the, with the Texans is you're limited on draft picks. You're, you're throwing more money into the offensive line. Where, what else are you doing to help develop this defense? I mean, they need help on the offensive line. I know they've signed a couple guys to a bigger contract, whether that worked out or not. But I just, I'm trying to think. You don't have any draft picks. You're about to make an offensive tackle the highest paid in the league, which is good because you need to protect Deshaun Watson. But what are you doing after that? Where, like, what is your mindset in the draft? Are you trading anyone to get picks? Like, what are you going to do as the Texans? I think I said 49ers a second ago. Definitely meant the Texans. Uh, that's just kind of I don't know. I, there's a there's a huge question mark there for the Texans on what they should do and what they are going to do. I feel like you should definitely just get a general manager in there and get rid of old Bob, but maybe they do that after this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that their Texans are going to be in a rough spot because of the lack of picks. But maybe they figure a way to work it out. But overall, I, I think that they're not. Austin likes to show me a Coke can right now that says World Champions on it with the Chiefs logo. That's oh, right, Austin. dude. My coworker got it for me. And uh, quick story here, personal story. This same coworker has a husband who has the flu. She comes into work, goes to the doctor today, says, you know what? I'm too sick. Can't handle it. Goes to the doctor, finds out she's got a double ear infection and pneumonia. Goes back to the hospital again today for more testing. And then she finds out she has the flu. Bro, I'm screwed. It's been nice knowing you guys. Uh, I don't know how far this has infected the office or myself. This coronavirus, I don't know if she even has it. I'm maybe overdramatic here. You are. But, damn, dog. So, your story was very confusing. I thought your coworker had double ear infections and the flu. She does. But then you said that then she went back and now she has the flu? Like, who? who's the second person that has the flu? No, her, hus- her husband had the flu. Okay. Then she went to the doctor this afternoon and was diagnosed, or not, I shouldn't say, was, yeah, diagnosed di- with, I don't know. Diagnosed with ear infections. <laughs> with a double ear infection, excuse me here, and pneumonia, and then with more testing, they determined she has uh, influenza B. Okay, got it. You might as well just cut that entire part out. I'm not going to. It's for sure staying, but that's an interesting story. Um, I hope you survive. Hashtag survivor. Let's get it trending. Exactly. Uh, Moving on. uh, Travis Benjamin. It sounds like him and the Chargers are parting ways. (laughs) That combination was one of those weird things that you always thought was going to be fantastic and just never really became anything special. Like he had random games here and there where he was good. But just, like, never was what you kind of thought he would be. No? Yeah? Maybe so? <laughs> I just – I'm trying to think because is it him? Because he has the speed. 
but he's been known for drops. But at the same time, he's been known to kind of make somewhat of a big play that I've personally seen against the Chiefs, whether that was due to just fantastic placement by Phillip Rivers. I just, this is tough because I felt like that was the speed they needed on offense, and now it's like, where are you going to get it from? Like, where's that true speedster going to be? Or maybe this is just kind of part of them to help clear cap space and go get a quarterback, maybe like a Cam Newton. I heard that this morning on the radio heading to the work, and I remember you mentioning it and how good of a fit it was. And I was like, I just love how we are the ones discussing it before I hear it on national radio. Look at us, dude. And if that does happen, that's going to be great for the Chargers. Yeah. It's going to suck for the AFC West, but it's going to be great for them. It would just be chaos for the AFC West. It really would. That offense would be dangerous with him. Keep Gordon. You still got your two stud wide receivers. You got to find a way to keep hunter henry which is what yeah. we talked about when we talked about cam newton going there that he has to be there because he has to be his greg olson outlet but yeah so that would be awesome um other news teddy bridgewater uh sounds like tampa's interested in him which is going to be interesting because we talked about this on radio the other day uh tampa wants to franchise tag shaq barrett uh which means they obviously can't franchise tag Jameis Winston, which means you're probably going to let him hit for agency. Who knows what's going to happen there? So if you can franchise Shaq Barrett, keep him for another year, and then you sign Teddy Bridgewater, that's a good combination. And let Teddy head back to Florida from where he's from. Exactly. And with Jameis Winston, what do you want to do there? Just moving on from him completely? I mean, if he's really looking for the money that he says he was looking for er- earlier in the year, yes, you gotta you gotta cut ties. I don't know who pays him that much money. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody pays him that much money. Like it would be a rude awakening. It's kind of like the Melvin Gordon thing for me, to be honest. Melvin Gordon's expecting this m- amount of money, and I think he's gonna quickly realize that his market is not that. I don't. Does he have much of a market at all? Uh, you mean Jameis or Gordon? Jameis. Yeah, he does not. Like, again, we were just naming, like, veterans that are looking for jobs, and we couldn't name – it was the Colts. That was the only position that – or only team that we're like, this team is in a position where they could pay a veteran quarterback and still draft a quarterback to sit behind them. You're not going to learn shit from Jameis Winston. <laughs> You're going to learn what not to do pretty freaking quick. Yes. Uh. Okay, let's see what else we have here on this list, because I want to save the the one that's next last, because I just I need to hear it. I get it. I just just want you to keep building it. Uh, Joe Schobert is set to be parting ways with the Cleveland Browns as they are not wanting to pay him ten million dollars that he's due next year. And if this is somewhat of a premier middle linebacker, linebacker in general, that's only needing ten million dollars next year. uh, It's kind of hell of a steal for a one year deal. And then you could just kind of move on from there. I can see a couple contending teams going, you know what? We'll dice out $10 million here, have them come in and fit, and go from there. 100%. He's going to go to a contender. He's going to go from the shit show Browns to a contender real quick. Yep. I have a team that I think he's going to line up with perfectly right Good. here towards the end of one of our last segments. So be ready for that. Uh Let's get into what happened Sunday night at a Syracuse basketball game. Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, I'm sure you've heard about it and you've talked about it. But uh, Edelman sitting next to Brady going, he's coming back, he's coming back. 
Tom Brady looks clearly annoyed. Seems kind of frustrated, like, dude, why are you even talking about this right now? This is the one thing I didn't want to have to deal with. Like, I just want to watch a college basketball game. Uh, I don't even honestly know if the teams are even that good this year because the NCAA this year is just freaking weird on who's good and who's not. But then, about midway through the game, someone takes a video of what looks like Julian Edelman and Tom Brady FaceTiming Mike Rabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Also, real quick before we get into that, uh, all thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Nashville, Tennessee, dealing with the tornado that hit last night. Uh, the last I heard, there was you know almost into the 20s on confirmed deaths. So thoughts and prayers to everyone involved. If you are listening, you are from that area, please know that we are thinking about you. Uh, you will get through this. This is a tough time. But, you know, just like always with anything that you've dealt with as a city, I mean, any turmoil or natural disaster, you you find a way to unite as a community and you will find your way through it. Uh, if there's anything that we can do to help, please reach out and let us know, uh, whether that's just kind of helping get attention, helping with fundraising, any type in any way with that aspect of things. Please do not hesitate to reach out. We would love to help or just kind of be involved in some way because I understand being affected personally by you know, natural disasters or any turmoil like that and how it can change your life in an instant. So if there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. But thoughts and prayers are definitely out to you guys. Absolutely. All right. So you were going on about how it looked like it was Mike Frable there. And yes, it, it clearly was Mike Frable on that call. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I can't help but think that maybe Tom Brady was like, yo, I'm kind of thinking about Tennessee Titans. And Julian, I was like, excuse me? About to call him right now. Get up your phone. FaceTime him. Or maybe Vrabel saw the video of he's not going, he's not going. And Vrabel's like, hey, Julian Edelman, he's coming to Tennessee. And just kind of started some beef there. But Tom Brady and Vrabel, they were teammates. It does seem like they were friends. It does seem like it might be a good possibility for Tom Brady to go there. That might be one key piece that the Tennessee Titans are missing. Uh, is an experienced, deadly quarterback who is precise and smart and quick, thinking-wise, not foot-wise. So maybe maybe that's just the way for Vrabel to kind of get underneath the skin of Edelman and his teammates and just honestly the organization of the New England Patriots. Again, I, it's the same thing that I was thinking with the Niners. I don't see the fit. I just don't see it, and maybe I'm starting to just believe that Brady might be done at this point, but, I mean, I just watched two months ago Tannehill kick the shit out of the Patriots and Tom Brady, so why would you want to swap that? <clears throat> and he kicked the shit out of him, not just with his arm, but he made some plays with his legs, and you know that, this, I mean, they have to know that their offensive line, especially if they lose Coughlin, it's just not as good. Like, they're going to need a quarterback that might need to be a little bit more mobile. And what made them so successful was play-action rollouts and got Tannehill out. You're not getting that with Brady. So I just don't see the fit, and I'm fine with it. I, honestly, I'm fine with it if the, if the Titans want to do that. If they want to make that move, go for it. I mean, if you're looking at, like, the best fit for Tom Brady to go to outside of New England, who also had issues with their offensive line, I mean, it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts. And I believe that's a team that we've kind of tied him to before, but that's a steady offensive line. We saw it protect Andrew Luck and him not get sacked, let alone really hit for, what, 10 straight games? 
you bring in Tom Brady and do the same thing, and he's got speed at receiver and guys that he know can run routes and get open and create separation with a dual running back and then a tight end and Jack Doyle, hey, maybe you make something happen. Absolutely. But if you're the Colts, are you like, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to draft a young guy within the first round and then also bring in Tom Brady and then go from there with the rest of your draft? Because Ballard, he knows how to draft. He knows how to get talent in the second, third, fourth round. Go draft a quarterback early. Maybe you take a wide receiver at that point, and you go, we'll just kind of wait for next year for a quarterback. Or we'll just wait. You know what I mean? We'll just kind of figure that out as we go. But let's go ahead and build up the rest of the team so when it comes for our time to get a quarterback, we know we're in position to have the rest of the team ready to roll. Yeah, for sure. I I actually would like that approach for, for sure from them. Um. Another thing that happened over the weekend since we've done our last podcast was the Combine, obviously. A lot of very, very good workouts from a lot of different players. I mean, we could we could do, an, honestly, an entire episode on just Combine workouts. Uh, a lot Everybody knows who stood out. I mean, guys like Isaiah Simmons, guys like Henderson from Florida, the cornerback, all these running backs. Jonathan Taylor did fantastic. Uh, quarterbacks, yeah, I mean— None. There was none that like just completely shit the bed where you're like, what is happening? And then defensive linemen are just fucking fast now. That's what it comes down to. Like defensive line and offensive linemen can move, and it's ridiculous on their speed of what they can actually do. And <clears throat> overall, the wide receivers, exactly what we thought. It, this room, this class was deep, and they're full of freak athletes. They are full of them. All, like, top to freaking bottom. Yeah. It's, like, nobody's even talking about, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Like, we talked about him a little bit ago uh, for the whole Lions thing, Michigan wide receiver. Nobody's talking about him. And, like, basically his spark rating, of like, which shows, like, how good of an athlete, athlete you are, I think he got a 98 out of 99. Holy like, cow. And nobody's even talking about him. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Woo! That dude can jump, run, do whatever he wants. Uh, and I got to just do a shout out. Sorry, I got to just do a shout out for the U- one Utes, Gidry, the cornerback. Uh, he ran 4.29 speed, plus had 21 bench rep. Like he's like, I saw he was like one of only I think two or three players in the last 15 years to run sub 4.3 plus have 20 plus bench reps. That's a. That's exactly what I say. Talk about a freak athlete. Um, another guy that I thought had a decent or not decent, a very good uh, NFL combine and really kind of helped raise the stock was Chase Claypool. Uh, a guy that came in, ran the 40 well. Um, man, I had a topic that I wanted to mention. Henny Ruggs out of Alabama, the wide receiver. We saw Zion Williamson and his crazy dunks his entire high school career. And it was blasted everywhere. The highlights, freak athlete. How are we not watching a freaking high school kid sprint down the floor, run through fucking everyone like he doesn't give a shit about no one, and then jump up and literally is staring at the rim and has time to go, what kind of dunk am I going to do right here? But I mean, it's just, How did I not see this through his four years of high school? How did not one of those videos go viral? And if that means that video doesn't go viral – how many other kids are doing that that I'm not seeing? I'm from a 1A school, a town of 700 people in a high school graduating class of 39. 
the only time I saw anyone dunk, if it was like a six, seven white dude, and it was because he did nothing else but just jump up and down all fucking day. I've never once seen anyone just run through a lane with complete ease and just soar. Never seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen Kenneth Reed dunk at a game in Colorado at a Denver Nuggets game. Thought that was pretty cool. Other than that, I haven't seen anything like it. Seeing that on video, my jaw was on the floor. It was like watching my girlfriend walk in the restaurant the first time I ever saw her. Had a hard time picking it up. Probably bad comparison there. This might be a little bit of a diss to her. She's great. She's a beautiful lover if she's listening. But back to my point. How does that video not go viral? Have I not seen that before? That was my point with the combine and his star-studded combine that he put together. And then ultimately those videos emerging from the internet and just a questioning of why has this not been seen before? Yeah, I mean, he even tweeted it out. It was like, why am I just seeing these videos now? So <laughs> he's even making that same comparison and joke. So, yeah, all I'm getting at is it's actually going to be very interesting in the draft to see if a lot get taken early or if some of them slide because there's just so many of them. I could honestly see it going either way. I think I think they're just going to – I think receivers are just going to slide. That's what your point, right? Like some of these receivers are going to slide – I mean, at some point they're going to because these teams are going to go, hey, we need an offensive lineman. We're we, like, we have to have an alignment. Hopefully we can pick a receiver third, fourth round. Like, hopefully they keep sliding back that far. Or some of these defensive linemen, these offensive linemen are going to keep sliding. And someone's going to get a pro bowl, all pro type player on the defensive line, offensive line, third, fourth round. While these receivers are just flying off the board. Yeah, that's my point exactly, though, right? Is like because they could be sliding. You're right. Teams might need offensive linemen, whatever other position, hope that some slide. And some of them are going to, and in the draft room, like, how did this guy slide? And it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be fun. So, yes, totally agree there. Uh, Last topic before we get into free agency is the Jaguars dumpster fire that it is. Um, This organization is a fucking shit show. Like, it drives me up a wall. So, um. Yes, Yannick Ngakwe came out earlier this week and said, hey, I've told the organization I no longer have interest in signing a long-term deal here. I don't want to be here. Uh, About 30 minutes later, the Jags go, okay, we understand what you're saying. Hey, by the way, you're franchise tag. So uh, there's that. Why are they doing that? Clearly because they don't want to just let Yannick Ngakwe walk a 24-year-old pass rusher who's at the top of his game. You're not letting him walk for free. Last year, there was three or four very big sign-and-trade type situations, and he'll just be another one this year. The question is, is what do they get from him? out of him? I personally think, and maybe I'd just be in a homer in me, I personally think there is going to be a team in the late te- 20s in round one that is going to say, the guys that we wanted have already been drafted. We will just call the Jags and offer them this pick for Yannick Ngakwe. A good a good spot for him. Baltimore Ravens. They're gonna need another pass rusher. They obviously have late twenties. What is it? Twenty eight, twenty nine. They have. It's a perfect fit for them. Situation where he can play hand in the dirt or standing up, play all over the place. He's from Maryland, so just a perfect fit. Um. We'll see. It might be one of those things where it's like a second, third round deal, kind of like the Frank Clark or a D Ford type deals, right? Like it could be very similar to that. We'll see. Um, 
They also traded AJ Boye today. Uh, this one was weird. I was a little upset at first. Like, it's just like fourth round pick. That's not very much. But then I was like, wonder what? I also thought that he was going to be a cap casualty where they were going to just release him to clear up cap space. Uh, so if you were going to release him anyways, hey, might as well get whatever draft pick you can get out of it. So a fourth rounder. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that good of a deal, but that's what it is. Uh, a lot of teams, I like I follow a lot of Lions fans, and I saw them going like, well, he's basically the same as Slay. So like if that's all they're they're getting there, like we might as well keep Slay. I think Slay has more value because clearly Lions aren't dropping him for cap casualty issues when the Jags it was obvious they were so um it obviously hurts and that defense has just it's gone <laughs> it literally is gone um so out of the main like 12 players and I know there's 11 starters but there was 12 main players on that defense or actually 13 there's 13 main players on that defense when they went to the AFC championship game out of those 13 two remain Clayus Campbell, Miles Jack. Those are the only two. And Clayus Campbell is going to be gone after this season. There's a lot of reports that a lot of teams are calling about Clayus Campbell to trade for him. So maybe the Jags actually just do that and just say, well, I know what? We're going full tank mode. We're going full uh, Miami Dolphins right now and just do that. And then it just turns into just Miles Jack. <clears throat> but it's interesting. My biggest thing, though, is I, I'm a little surprised by it because, like, the GM and head coach, they know their jobs are on the line. So if you're trading all these players for picks, like, not a lot of GMs do this, though, right? Like, not a lot, like, think, like, long-term solution. They're like, whatever I have to do to keep my job now. Like, having all these draft picks this year and next year, it's not going to help Dave Caldwell at all. So, like, I, like if I was him, like, if I'm trying to save my job, I franchise Yannick Ngakwe and say, you're playing here one year. Like, it's either you sit out or you're playing here. I'm not trading you because it's not going to help me. AJ Boye, I know you're overpriced, but you want to know what? I need the best players I can get on this team. So, uh, you're sticking around and you're playing one more year here. So, it's very interesting to me. But they now have up to, they have 10 picks now. They're going to have more in this uh, this year's draft. And then I think they're at eight or nine already for next year. So maybe that is his plan to stay. It's like, hey, we got all these draft picks. I'm about to rebuild the heck out of this team. It's going to look different. But I would like to be here while, you know, my new rebuild is in process. And if you were to tell me Miles Jack and Calais Campbell were the only two players left on that defense from that AFC Championship game, I probably wouldn't believe you. I figured, you know, like, how is Jalen Ramsey still not on the team? I would kind of question, where is Telvin Smith? And that's the question I have for you. Where is Telvin Smith? Is he coming back? Is he no. still retiring? I mean, where's What's going on there? I mean, it's been dead silent, but he's not coming back. I, I think it's very clear, especially if he doesn't play this year. At that point, as a Jags, like, you just cut him. But, like, if he came back, if I was a Jags GM, I would immediately then just try to trade him. Like, for whatever you could get for him. Like, six-round pick, like, hey, he's a good player. Like, he'll be able to help a lot of teams out. But, like, at that point, like, you can't have him come back and 
do anything with this team, I don't think. I, he he kind of quit on that team last year in a very bad spot, and I get it, it was for a personal reason. So, like, I'm not saying, like, that's a negative thing, but, like, it was a very bad time to do it. Like, he, I think it was obvious that he's, he had known for a while that he was going to do it, and he uh, it was almost like he just didn't want to tell the team. So he's got to be moved as well, basically, is what I'm getting at. Uh, so the biggest question I have is for the Yannick Ngakwe thing, right? Like, so obviously they're in the franchise tag him. What can you get from him? And do they find a partner that desperately wants Yannick Ngakwe and say, you can have him, but you take on the Nick Vols contract and you get them both. You use Yannick Ngakwe as leverage to get Nick Foles out of there. So he's going to the Colts. <clears throat> there's no way they would trade him in the division. There's no way they would they, they would not say Yannick Ngakwe, we want to face you twice a year. Well, I mean, if you want to get rid of that Nick Foles contract and you want to talk about a potential landing spot for Nick Foles, yeah, but I think that they cleared up enough cap space at this point where it's like we would rather just keep Nick Foles for one more year and just have that shitty contract on our books for one more year than have to face Yannick Ngakwe for six more years. <laughs> Twice a year. <laughs> Twice a year. Do we really want to see this dude 12 more times? <laughs> yeah. Um, an option here, and just throwing stuff out, which I don't think is really doable, but the Bills, they have cap space. They need another defensive end. Yannick Yakwe goes there. They just take on Foles' contract. They have a rookie that's on a rookie deal. You have Foles for one year, and then... You release him, and it's not that much to release him. Um, I haven't looked at any other – like, honestly, like I haven't looked at any other teams that I'm like, oh, this could work here and there. Like, the only two teams I had looked at were the Ravens and the Bills, and that's just because those are the first two that popped into my head. But I just very much wonder if they find a way to try to leverage Yannick for – to get Foles out of there as well. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. That's a deal. <laughs> That's new new regimen is uh, Baker Mayfield really the guy with this new organ with you know with a new GM with a new head coach is this who they really want? Let's go spend some money on Ngakwe. We'll get we'll take Foles as well. He's Better gonna be a op- he'll be opposite of Miles Garrett, so he's not gonna get double teamed. He'll love that. And he'll love having Odell and Landry on his team as just like bros, bros, because Yannick is a very much of a bro guy, um, which there's nothing wrong with it. But he's just he just very much is um, that would be actually as a Browns fan, I would be fucking pumped. <laughs> I would be very excited. Like, dude, you just got the best one two punch in the league and it's not close. I'm going to throw one more team in the north up there, the Detroit Lions. Yes. So, funny story, yes. I am – whatever, I'll just say it. Mock draft that I'm coming up with that I'm drawing up myself. I'll just say it. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. It's just going on Twitter anyways. Um, They trade pick three to pick five so Dolphins can get – um two at three right but they trade him pick five and 26 and then you trade 26 just for yanni kangakwa so you literally get probably jeff akuda still at five 
and you get Yannick Ngakwe just for trading down. Okay, so say that again. You you go from three to five so the Dolphins can get Tua, yep. and then they go from five to – no, they stay at five. And they still they get pick five and 26 in that trade, right? So oh, to move, okay, to move okay. down, right? So now they have two picks. You still get Jeff Akuda, who's going to most likely be there. And then with 26, you end up just trading that pick to the Jags for Yannick Ngakwe. So if the wow. us just further going on on how to fix the Lions, how we did a couple episodes ago, <laughs> this just makes it even better. And now, like, you literally turn in pick three for Jeff Akuda and Yannick Ngakwe. And you still have pick, like, 45 or something like that. 42, whatever pick they have in the second round. If the, I mean, the Lions might as well just hire us. They really should. So, um, overall, what I'm getting at, though, is <clears throat> this organization is a shit show. The owner has very much disappointed me this last year. Like, he says he wants to win. He keeps holding on to guys. Uh, he's moving the team to two games in London. Uh, his reasonings are just horse shit. They suck. Um you literally had all this talent and you let this homegrown talent walk because you upset them so much. And so now like you're basically restarting from like where they were in 2016. That's like where they're at now where it's like, okay, we're going to just get a ton of draft picks and a ton, a ton of cap space. And we're going to just try to draft people and then choose very wisely in free agency and try to do this again. But their reputation now is worse because of what happened with Tom Coughlin. You just hope that, somehow they can rebuild that but i honestly don't think they can rebuild that until they get the coaching staff and front office out and get a whole new one in i think that it'll be just a shit show until that happens just by reputation alone dang so in a couple episodes we are going to be doing an episode on who is justin truth going to be a fan of in 2020 it's going to be the buffalo bills so we'll see. Um, but anyways, that's that. Uh, we will get into our free agency for the NFC North now. Boom. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and start off with the Detroit Lions, uh, a team that has plenty of needs across the defense. I don't really know how far we should kind of get into this since we fixed them numerous times so far this year, uh, honestly. So I'm just kind of at a point where, hey, if you need help on offense, go after a wide receiver. If you're looking for speed, maybe Robbie, a Robbie Anderson-type guy. If you're needing more health on the defense, um, I think we just fixed it. Go trade for Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you, actually. I was going to bring this up. It's like we, we've done a lot of Lions talk and like how, they, how to fix them already. So I really wasn't going to go too far into them. For me, it was get another running back, uh, try to figure that out. I mean, we also talked about maybe trading for like a Todd Gurley uh, with that second round pick. And then um, it just kind of depends on what they're going to do with that first pick, if they go after Jeff Akuda or not. If they don't, now that the Broncos traded for A.J. Boye, Chris um, Harris, is, yeah, Chris Harris is available. Maybe you try to duel him up with, with Slay, if you don't want to go Akuda early, and then you just have those two for the next, you know, couple of years. I know both of them are getting a little bit older, but they both easily have two more years left. You just try to build like this two-year stopgap at, at DB. I think that's good. Uh, if you want to talk about running back, Kenyon Drake. 
I mean, we watched him go from the Dolphins to Arizona and really just kind of show out and rebirth his career. Why not go to Detroit and go, hey, low-name guy. We've seen running backs come out of Miami and kind of resurge themselves in their career. We'd clearly watch it with Damian Williams. Maybe Kenyon Drake can kind of do the same thing. I think he earns himself somewhat of a decent contract in Arizona. Go to Detroit, help that offense, and just get rolling, man. And that's kind of really what I'm seeing with with the Lions. I don't know where else you really need to attack outside of tight end. I'm not really seeing too many options here in free agency that you could really attack and feel fine with uh, unless you want to pay Austin Hooper a ton of money, which is just a team we're not really hearing kind of in the mix. I think that's more of a Packers mix. Uh, So let's actually just kind of head down to the next team here in the north, the Bears. Clearly need help at quarterback, whether you want to go there or not. I feel like you're fine at the running back position. I feel like you're fine at receivers. And honestly, your defense is pretty damn solid. So honestly, kind of what you're looking for is just depth along the defensive line to help keep your starters fresh. Uh, That might start with, you know, a guy like Marcel Darius out of Jacksonville, he is going to be 30. He is older, but, you know, you're looking for kind of somewhat cheap depth right now. If you're looking for someone to kind of come off the edge here or play inside if you need to, Derek Wolf, another 30-year-old from Denver. We've seen his career have success. That might be a good fit in Detroit. Like I said here, you're only looking – or excuse me, for the Bears. You're only looking for depth. You're looking for guys to come in, make a play, make a couple stops. You bring your starters back in, and you just keep rolling. And that's really kind of the only weaknesses that I see – within the Bears, outside of their secondary. And if you want to go spend money on another corner, Eli Apple, 25-year-old corner. Now, do you want to spend that much money on a corner? Do you want to invest in a, a, a cornerback that was drafted to the Giants and then traded to the Saints and now is back in free agency? That's kind of your decision there for the Bears. But I really think your key component is quarterback and what you're going to do with that moving forward. <laughs> Yeah, I liked all of those. So I have a couple positions. Tight end, obviously they need one at this point. Uh, Trey Burton did not work out. So for me, it's uh, Eric Ebron. I think that would be a good fit there. Um, We talked about quarterback a lot, especially on radio the other day. And then the next day it was reported that the Lions, or sorry, the Lions, the Bears are interested in Andy Dalton. So that's fantastic. Um, So I, I would really like that fit. Um, it sounds like haha Clinton Dix may not be back. So maybe a guy like Demarius Randall, who was on the Browns this year, he could come in and be a good fit there. And then you mentioned that wide receiver, they were good, but with them releasing, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Oh, that's right. Right. So they have, so they have Allen Robinson. They have, uh, Anthony Miller. And, like, those are their main two wide receivers right now. So uh, I actually think they could go for a wide receiver. Um, and I was thinking Brashard Perryman, opposite of Allen Robinson, another big body but faster guy um, type guy to get just on the outside, on the opposite side. So uh, Brashard Perryman as well for me. Boom. Uh, I think that would be a good fit. I also think they should just kind of attack that heavy in the draft, like really just kind of go after that, help get yourselves rolling Help Trubisky any way you can, or even Andy Dalton if you do make that move. Uh, let's go ahead into the next team, the Packers. Pretty evident that they need a tight end. They need someone that Aaron Rodgers can go to. Jimmy Graham really just didn't seem to kind of be the answer as much as Rodgers wanted him to be this year. Uh, so I think they do attack 
Austin Hooper here. I think that's a guy that they have to make a number one priority this offseason. Go and freaking get him. Make that happen. Within your defense, you need a linebacker. We talked about this guy at the beginning of the show, Joe Sherbert. Or Schobert, excuse me. Go get your middle linebacker. Go get some size. Go get some experience. Get a guy that can come in and just make a difference for your team. Because that was your weakness in the NFC Championship game. You didn't have anyone at linebacker that could stop the run. They, The 49ers literally ran all over you. And you want to talk about depth along the defensive line, like I talked about with the Bears. Maybe they go get and get uh, Javon Hargrave out of Pittsburgh or DJ Reader out of Houston. Maybe just kind of add to your defensive line as well and get some size up there to help stop the run. Because if teams see that a weakness this last year in the, AFC or in the NFC Championship game, they're just going to do that all next year. And they're just going to keep your offense off the field. And you're not going to be able to do anything no matter how good they are. Yeah, I 100% agree there. And so that's why I'm saying go after defensive tackles, big body defensive tackles a lot. Jaron uh, Reed from Seattle, who made a lot of big plays against them uh, during the season when they played. And then he made a lot of big plays against the Eagles when they played in the playoffs. Like Jaron Reed is a very good player. I could see them paying them. And then Jordan Phillips, uh, defensive tackle from the Buffalo Bills as well. He had a very good year. He, um, he had, I think it was nine sacks last year, nine or 10 sacks last year from a defensive tackle position. So, you're a guy that can get pressure up the middle from a quarterback, uh, from sorry, from a defensive tackle position, plus have a bigger body to be able to stop the run. Because again, like they have to show that they can stop the run. You got to get some deep tackles in there. You got to get some linebackers in there. Uh, I kind of think that they try to attack the linebacker position in the draft. But um, so for me, it's just defensive tackles. You got to get stronger. You got to get just tough because your team offense is good. Offense is very good, right? Uh, defense, like you can get after the quarterback when you get them in passing situations with the Smith brothers. It's just finding a way to not let teams bully you. So that's what I'm thinking for the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely. Oh, let's go ahead and roll into the Vikings. The last team that we're going to go over here before the end of the episode. Uh, if I'm looking at the Vikings, I'm looking at their team as a whole. They seem to appear to be fine at receiver. If you really want someone else, go after it in the draft. Tight end. Is Rudolph your future? Is that a guy that you continue to want to be there? If not, maybe find that later in the draft as well. Your offensive line, you already worked on last year. Running back, you have one of the best in the league. Kirk Cousins, just figure out the offense, and he's going to make it work. And when you go to the defensive side of the ball, you got size along the defensive line. They're a lot better than people give it credit for. The linebackers, they're okay. They're getting a little older. That secondary is where you had issues. And for me, where I'm going to go here, Tony Jefferson, you need help in that secondary. Go get a guy you can trust, a guy that you have seen succeed in the NFL. Go help your secondary. Trust the back end of that defense. And if you do want to go defensive tackle, go young. Go Malik Collins out of Dallas. I believe this is a name that we have talked about a couple times. Um, and then another corner that I've mentioned before, I believe as well, Kevin Johnson, the cornerback out of Buffalo. Just go help get yourself depth in that secondary and go from there. These aren't, you know, I don't think they're going to be high-paid guys this offseason, but they're guys that can help your team moving forward, especially when you are you don't have as many needs this offseason. I mean, you went into playoffs, you stunned the Saints. Let's just go build off of that this offseason before heading into the draft. Yeah, I really like those. Uh, you brought up uh, Rudolph. Let's not forget they did also draft Irv Smith last year as well. So they, do, I think they do have two good tight ends there. Um, for me, cornerback is going to be a big need. Uh, I have Brian Poole from the Jets. 
Uh, he's more of a nickel guy, but I think that Brian Poole could be a good fit there. I think that they need uh, another defensive end and Griffin doesn't come back. So maybe a guy like Robert Quinn can just come in and fill the void. And maybe you only sign him to a one or two year deal and you're just okay with that. Um, another cornerback, Logan Ryan, came to mind there. Like I think he could be a good fit. And then they, they're obviously going to need some offensive linemen. <clears throat> um, they're probably going to have some cap casualties there. And so, honestly, I think that they should probably just worry about offensive line in the draft. That's a, It's a good thing. But maybe, I don't know, Anthony Costanzo from the Colts. I don't know if he's coming back or not. Last I saw, he he was actually talking about retirement at one yep. point, but uh, I think I saw that he does want to come back and play more, but I think it was, I want to come back and play for the Colts. So, but a, t- a player like that would be a nice fit for me. So, but I think you're right. Um, if you do need, if you do want a third wide receiver, uh, find that in the draft as well. Cause obviously your top two are just fantastic. Um, but anyways, that's it for tonight, everybody. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back again later this week talking about another division and some more free agency talk. And there's going to be plenty of news around the NFL. It's time. It's that time for franchise tagging and a lot of news of maybe signing trades are going to be happening. So we're looking forward to it. So appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking football.